We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 332. Our guest today is an accomplished dressage rider with a wide range of interests. When he's not riding, he's also a student. He has his pilot's license. He's a downhill skier, mountain biker, loves to work out, and he's scuba certified. I wanted to find out how he managed to be able to do all of that, plus all of his riding, where he is currently ranked number one and number two in the CDIO One Star World Horse Rankings with his two horses. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Christian Simonson. Hi, Christian. Hi, hello. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, yes, very excited. I am really excited to hear a little bit about how you got to where you are today. But first, tell me how you first got in the horse world. Yeah, so I started riding horses when I was six years old with my sister in Ojai, California. Uh, we did a lot of quarter horse riding, jumping, gymkhana, any, anything in between. Um, and then I met an incredible dressage trainer when I was about um, eight, nine, I want to say. And then... From then on, I just kind of fell in love with dressage. Um, and then at 13, I did my first uh, international NYC competition. And then I, I really, really knew I loved dressage after I did my first competition. And then, yeah, that kind of brings me to today. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what made you decide to go with dressage? Yeah, I think I, I've always really loved uh, like difficult things and very technical things as a kid. And I've also always loved animals. Like, I think I kind of wanted to be like Steve Irwin, when I was younger, I always loved like dogs, cats, reptiles, anything. I loved going to the zoo. And so for me, it was like this perfect blend of being able to compete because I always was also very, very competitive as a kid. I loved playing, you know, soccer, baseball, everything. And it was this perfect mesh between my love for animals and being around animals and being able to compete. And I also loved horses. So it was just kind of this, this perfect mesh for me and the technicality and the attention to detail is something that always just really kind of drew me in as a, as a kid. And I was yeah. also really fortunate that I had a, an amazing trainer that made it dressage just so much fun for me. And I think that was also a, a really important thing for the me falling in love with dressage. Definitely. And I, th- I feel like that's super important, especially with something as technical as dressage. I, th- I feel like it could be, you know, kind of like with, with any discipline, if you start as, and being, being a trainer myself of a young student, if you can't find ways to make it fun and like enjoyable and, and really come back to the core of like why we all started, which was the love for the horse, um, instead of kind of like fast tracking and skipping right away to like a hundred percent technical details, um, it wouldn't be very fun. (laughs) Yeah. And we, you know, she, we would go on lunge line lessons and she'd make me pick up the canner and trot and walk, but without using my hands. Yeah. And it'd be stuff like that. And it was just so much fun. I think also that was the kind of the early development of, of my seat and my position. And, but it was just always a blast. I think that's what made dressage really, really fun. Totally. I'd love to jump right into talking about a recent accomplishment of yours. Um, you're currently ranked number one and number two in um, the one star horse world ranker rankings with, I believe it's Son of a Lady and Z-Ball. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. 
That's so awesome. That's so exciting. What, what does that milestone mean to you? What, what kind of work was involved leading up to that point? Yeah. So I'm, I'm never, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm never a, a big like rankings person. I think, you know, rankings are not always a reflection of in-ring performance because it's, you know, the way you get points can whatever. But the, what for me is my, my, what I saw that I was like, oh my gosh, because it's been such an amazing journey with Son of a Lady and Zayball. And it's, for me, it's brings a lot of gratitude to the team around me because it shows like, you know, my, the team that's supporting us and the individual that take care of these horses and help me um, are really just on top of their game. And so I think that was kind of the, the overall feeling. It was a lot of, a lot of gratitude. And I think it was just kind of a reflection of um, the quality and the time and effort everyone around us also puts into making sure the horses perform at their best. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of what we touched on earlier, I know that like as equestrians, we tend to be a little notorious for pursuing perfection. And since you've, you know, obviously accomplished so much already, how do you kind of balance the desire to be better and to achieve those goals without putting, you know, an extreme amount of pressure on yourself to either like, you know, end up getting burned out or um, just like focusing so much on every little intricate detail all the time. Yeah. I think that's me. I, I still kind of <laughs> struggle with, honestly. Totally. Uh, yeah. You kind of, you kind of nail it because I always want to do better and there's always little things that I look at and go, well, that could have been better. Um, but I think I kind of try to frame everything in, inside of a, a growth like mindset where not everything has to be perfect. And if it was perfect, then you're not growing. Um, I like recently yeah. read an amazing equestrian psychology book and in that they were kind of talking about how you have to kind of frame everything in this growth mindset where you're pushing yourself. And if you're seeing imperfections, that means you're learning, which means it's a good thing. And kind Definitely. of that frame was, was really helpful. And I also think that my team that I have around me are also pushing themselves, but in a very positive way. And it's a, just a, such a supportive environment. And so I think that kind of helps me regulate my own, um, you know, desire to push and push and uh, constantly look at bad things. Definitely. Do you remember what mindset book that was from? Um, I will have to send it to you. I, yeah. I uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it has a picture of um, the U.S. team at Tryon during the World Ooh. Game. I'll, I'll send you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Because I, yeah, I feel like it's always um, so cool to find new parts and, and you know, as mindset and the mental part of of this sport is so huge. Um, obviously any new good mental mindset book is, is a good one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love sports psychology. I've, I've been really fortunate enough to work with an amazing sports psychologist since I was like, uh, 14 because of that. Wow. It's something that I also struggled with when I was younger. Um, and so I think it's always just trying to learn new things and always trying to improve your mental game. Totally. Absolutely. Um, you train with Adrian Lyle. I'm sure that you've learned so much from her. Um, tell me a little bit about her training philosophy and how your riding has maybe changed or improved in your time with working with her. Yeah. Adrian is to me, the ultimate horsewoman. She is, I cannot say enough amazing things about her. She is so incredible. Her ability to look at a horse and look at a rider and assess and correct with kindness and empathy and effectiveness is for me just absolutely beyond this world. And I think for me, she's truly changed myself as a writer and not only in the saddle, but outside of the saddle as well. 
she is so comprehensive when it comes to horse care and um, and then everything that surrounds you know writing. Right. And for me, it's it's been the ride of it, just so incredible because the information that she gives on a daily basis is just out of this world. That's so cool. Um, what does a normal, you know, typical training day look like for you? Uh, outside of outside of horses or um, with, um, with horses? With horses. Let's say with horses when you're home and not at a show. Yeah. And, and like my whole day or just, just what I do with the horses? Yeah. Let's hear from the top. Let's hear a whole day in the life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, so I, I'm, uh, go to University of Texas at Austin online. Um, so I usually do school from about 6.30 to 12, 12.30. That's my my school time. Nice. And then I usually get to the barn. And for us, if it's a um, just a training day, then we'll work on, you know, maybe some movements. But most of the time we really work on uh, the basics, you know, straightness, uh, impulsion, that whole dressage pyramid. I, I really think that's the foundation of all of our work. And then after riding from about 12 to uh, four or five, then I'll go to the gym, go do some more homework, and then usually it's time for bed. And then repeat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, you have two horses that you are, you know, the most known for working with. Tell me a little bit about them. Yeah. So uh, Son of a Lady, we actually, it's almost a little bit over a year that we've had him. Um, he's been an absolute wonder horse. We last year, it's only, it was only three months that I had him and he qualified and, and went to Aachen and uh, was just incredible. He's a very, very spicy uh, boy. I would say he always wants to go. He's like an energizer bunny. I don't think I've ever seen a day where he's truly been tired. Um, and then Zabal on the other hand is, is the opposite of that. He's a lot more, I call him like a surfer dude. He's a lot more laid back. Yeah. You can kind of put him anywhere and he'll be okay with it. Uh, but then when you get into the ring, he's like, on fire, ready to rumble. And so it's it's kind of nice having that duality between the two horses uh, for me as a rider, because I love having to be dynamic when I'm riding each one of them. Definitely. As horse people, I think that everyone has wanted to go on some type of trip or excursion that involves horses. It's hard to get away from them. So when we are enjoying time away on vacation or for a trip, it's so nice to be able to spend time with horses, ride horses, and have that experience in a different culture. I know for me, I've always wanted to do that, but have been really hesitant due to cultural differences for care for the horses and um, just being worried that the horses are, you know, either too thin or not sound or not getting cared for properly. And when I found Unicorn Trails, I really became so at peace with the care for the horses and the entire experience. Unicorn Trails is an equestrian tourism company that has been around for over a decade with over 300 different trips around the world. I just went on a Unicorn Trails trip to Morocco and it was absolutely unforgettable. I have a whole episode about my trip to Uni with Unicorn Trails, which is episode 321 on the podcast. So make sure you go check it out and hear my interview with Wendy all about how she started Unicorn Trails and how the safety and the health of the horses first and foremost and the incredible places that you can go with Unicorn Trails. So for more information, visit their website at unicorntrails.com. What role does the partnership between you and these horses play in achieving success? I think I think it's so important to develop a partnership with the horses. 
I feel very fortunate with Sunny that I was able to develop that partnership quickly. Uh, but for me, spending time with them is, well, both my, my favorite thing to do. And I think also the, just the most critical, and whether that's, you know, just grazing them, doing handwork, uh, any, anything, grooming them, just that, that time part of being with the horse, I think really helps develop that partnership. Right. Kind of makes, makes things possible. Obviously working towards the top level of the sport takes a ton of time and dedication. Um, do you ever lose some motivation to keep working hard or kind of do the day in and day out grind? I mean, when you feel like your motivation might be waning, what do you kind of do to get back on track? Yeah, I think my, my, I never feel super unmotivated with the horses. I mean, sometimes you go through really difficult times and, but for me, it's always a time to, to learn. I think I, more often than not get really burnt out on school and horses at the same time. And if that happens, I just kind of try to reassess. I'll go do something fun for a day and just kind of understand that, you know, this is why I really enjoy this. What are the fun things that I um, can take out of my day? And so even if it's a difficult day or something that's like, well, what, what was fun? What did I enjoy? And then usually when I kind of start thinking about what I actually enjoyed that day, I can start, okay, well, you know, things actually aren't that bad. I'm, I live in an incredible life. I get to do what I deeply enjoy. And, you know, I, I just kind of frame myself in a little bit more of an attitude of, of gratitude that way. And I think that helps. Definitely. And um, I also heard that you have a lot of other passions, which I'm sure also helps the burnout kind of mixing it up and doing some other things you enjoy, like flying and scuba diving. Um, so I, it, does that also help you kind of do some things outside of the equestrian world to, you know, mix it up a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, when I was talking about the things that are fun, that's that's totally my, my uh, forte. I love doing something that's active and outdoors. Cool. And I think when, uh, during like the end of this season, which was really, really intense for me, I love to go surfing when the, when the swell is nice here in Florida. And so just to kind of get out of the horse world, go and do something, um, that for me, I really enjoy totally brings me back to equilibrium and makes me, you know, ready to pounce. Yeah. What are some, um, upcoming, um, things you're looking forward to or goals that you've set for yourself in the next year to two years? Um, yeah, I think in the next, next year, I hope to be competing, uh, a little bit more in the U25. I was, I've been really, really fortunate that this season I've been able to compete on, uh, Adrian Lyle's horse harmonies Duval. And that's been an incredible learning experience. I am, cannot thank Adrian and uh, Duval partners enough for that experience. And I think hopefully I can start bringing, um, the things I've learned on Duval to my other two horses and start competing them at that higher level. Yeah. And just keep learning. I would say I, I'm, I love the the process and I love the new things that I'm learning each and every day. Yeah. And if I can go and make maybe a U25 European tour or something like that, that'd be also incredible. What's your end goal with riding? Um, I know there's always like, it's a little bit of a, of a tricky or interesting dynamic sometimes when young riders are also in school, there's always that question of like, do I become a professional or do I go to college? And what was that, you know, decision kind of like for you? I definitely, I thought about it a little bit before I, you know, before I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, but for me, it was always pretty, I understood what I was going to do pretty, pretty quickly. I, I wanted to be a professional and I wanted to ride and I wanted to ride more. I think spending and training with Adrian made me really realize that's the, that is what I want to do. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel very fortunate that I, I, 
I know what I want to do. I kind of have a, a little bit of a, a life purpose in it. Yeah. But I think the oftentimes with school and also with, you know, our, our Salesforce business and a couple other things, you can kind of feel like you're being pulled in many different directions. And so I just try to stay really kind of conscientious of, well, what are, what are my goals? And really try to stay focused on that. And then also be really conscientious of my, my time. So my, I like book everything out through a Google calendar, you know, the, the day before, and I really make sure that I'm on top of things. And that kind of brings my internal stress levels down a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm kind of similar. Question, but... Yeah, no, I'm definitely similar where I find that like, <clears throat> if I schedule, if I have my schedule organized, but like full, I'm usually way more productive than if I have like less going on in my day. Um, so I just find, yeah, I find if I can really kind of like keep it methodical and structured, um, I'm way more productive in all areas of life. Yeah, totally same. And I, I think it's, it is very tough making that decision on whether or not a, you as a young writer want to be a professional or not. I, I feel very fortunate that I, I kind of knew and I had the support that I could make that decision. But I don't think, luckily, I think our sport is very, very, you, you can compete for a very, very long time. And so if someone wants to make a decision, you know, later on after getting educated, I think it's very forgiving that way. Yeah, definitely. What would you say is something that you are passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? Um, I think the kind of education uh, side of things in the in the horse world, whether that's um, for school or for um, just also horse education, I think that's something that I don't people don't talk about it enough. And I think the, we're seeing more and more of it by education online. And I think the second thing would be the kind of the mental health aspect of the sport. I'm seeing more and more equestrians talk about, you know, the, the mental health. I think having a good barn environment is so important. Um, so, yeah, I think those are two things I think more people should talk about. Yeah, definitely. And for the mental component, I think that the more we can also um, have conversations about um, incorporating the um the mindset component of our training early on like before problems ensue i feel like that's also something because i know for me personally and a lot of riders um on my team um it seems like we start incorporating oh let's like talk to a mindset mentor let's talk to a let's talk to a um mindset coach um when you're maybe having like a little bit of like a roadblock or a hurdle and i know for me that's like definitely what we did but i think the more and more we can incorporate that that into our programs right off the bat and like not necessarily associate it with like negative things going on in your riding where it's just kind of like oh this is an equal part of making you a better rider i think i feel like that's really important too Absolutely. Without a doubt. Definitely. Well, Christian, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I think you have so many exciting things going on right now. So I'm super excited to continue to watch your journey and I wish you all the best. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.